Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you very, very much for tuning in tonight. I hope everyone had a marvelous Christmas, and I hope that you all have a great new year coming up early next week. May the winds come your way. Well, uh, if you're like me, over the holiday you've been watching some sports, and uh, while ESPN had their countdown of their top 50 plays of the year, I thought I'd tap into two of my favorite guests for their top Five racing-related events of the year. Uh, first up to bat uh, will be Pete Aiello. Uh, as you know, uh, Pete's been calling races at, at Gulfstream and mostly Hialeah, uh, but he's also done uh, many a paddock show, radio show, uh, television, and uh, just uh, last week uh, he was uh, featured as a young up-and-comer uh, through the Pollock Report. And it was, it was a great interview, and it really showed uh, his grasp of racing. Racing in North America, where it's been and where it's headed. And then also with us probably uh, the guest that's been on the most in 2013, and that would be the one and only Ed Meyer, the former host of this show and now a writer for uh, the, the website On Winning Ponies. And so I'm going to challenge both of those guys for some of their top five events. And then, of course, we wouldn't leave you, you hanging without some picks for the week. Uh, so Ed's going to stay on with me, and we're going, to, we're going to go to Calder for the W.L. McKnight handicap, even though the Le Provente uh, was canceled because they didn't have enough en- entries, as was reported. Uh, then uh, right down the road, we're going to go to Gulfstream Park to uh, take on the Speedy Mr. Prospector, a grade three race. And then all the way out to the West Coast, it's the grade three Daytona, six and a half with a really great matchup going on in there. Several of these races have horses that have uh, matched strides in, in races past. So uh, looking forward to having both Pete and Ed on the show. Uh, I hate to say it, but this is one of those shows that I'm delivering to you with a bit of a heavy heart, especially over the holiday season. Uh, one of my uh, very best friends and a, a friend of racing by the name of Patrick Flanagan, owner of Flanagan's Pub in Dayton, Ohio, has uh, gone on to that big racetrack in the sky uh, after fighting off cancer at a pretty quick time. Pat's one of those guys that's so big-hearted. Everybody knows him. One guy that knows him that talked about him on his radio show this week was none other than Dan Patrick. Uh, Dan Patrick attended the University of Dayton and 
was no stranger to Flanagan's Pub. And once you were at Flanagan's Pub, you weren't a stranger for long. Of course, Pat always hosted a lot of bus trips uh, down to uh, uh, River Downs and to uh, to Keeneland. He let everybody park there. Of course, he knew everybody was going to park their butt on a bar stool when they came back. So he was a good businessman, too. But most of all, he was a great, great guy. And if you know anything about the University of Dayton, he's located in an area uh, called the UD Ghetto, uh, kind of some houses that were built back in the 30s, and now they're all at the student section. It's a great little neighborhood, but there was a horse that won the Kentucky Cup Juvenile with Mike Smith up called UD Ghetto, and proudly hanging in Flanagan's Pub is is a big 16 by 20 montage that uh, photographer Pat Lang put together. So uh, tomorrow in an open casket in Flanagan's Pub in Dayton, Ohio, we'll be saying goodbye to our benevolent host, Pat Flanagan, just a, a, a great backer of racing and a great guy. Speaking of another great guy, Jay Privman is always on top of every story. And we've got breaking news for you. I was online today, and I looked over at the ticker, and there's Jay. And he says, Bob Baffert announces Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner New Year's Day retired due to injury. Sesamoid chip left hind more to come. Uh, just uh, minutes after that, <clears throat> he said the injury was discovered after a routine gallop earlier in the week, and owner Gary West made the decision to retire yesterday, and uh, they just said it was just kind of a, a, a freak accident. So uh, the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile has been retired uh, because of a non-displaced chip atop the sesamoid in his left hind leg, and I'll tell you what, they say that uh, Baffert was uh, really torn up about that. Uh, he himself said how gut-wrenching it was, and uh, to, to Jay, he had told him privately that he thought New Year's Day was his best Kentucky Derby prospect in years, and we know that Baffert always has uh, a good Derby prospect uh, in, in, his, in his barn. Uh, New Year's Day raced three times. He finished third in his debut. Uh, then he, he smashed his maiden in a huge effort and then uh, went right on to the Breeders' Cup. He outran 12 other horses to win by one and a half lengths at odds of 10 to 1. So I'm sure we'll hear more from Gary and Mary West uh, about this son uh, by Street Cry out of the Dixie Union Mayor just whistled Dixie. They paid 425000 for him. Also, uh, some other uh, news that was uh, recently announced. We talked about the voting for this. You got a chance to vote. Macho Man won the Vox Populi Award for 2013. Now, this award recognizes the horse whose popularity and racing excellence uh, best resounded with the American public, and he gained recognition for thoroughbred racing. Of course, um, this was one of the highlights of my year the, when the five-year-old Mucho Macho Man uh, came down and won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, also a highlight, not only for me, but for Kathy Ritvo, uh, who's endured several health issues in recent years, including a heart transplant in 2008. And to add uh, some frosting to the cake, Gary Stevens, who was such a great story uh, this year, was was a top mucho macho man. It was just a, a great day, and one of the one of the highlights of the year. Um, it's a relatively new award. Uh, in the past, it was won by Painter in 2012. One of my favorite horses, the working man's hero, Rapid Redo in 2011, and who could forget Zenyatta in 2010. Well, Santa Anita opens up its doors, and it's going to be a long meet because 
Hollywood Park it closed its doors last Sunday for residential and commercial development. Of course, we had Jay Hobday on Winning Ponies last week, and he kind of described to us uh, uh, his feelings and the scenes and the, the, the racing greats. As a matter of fact, uh, Jay took a little bit of a swipe at uh, the Hollywood Park management in a, a recent column that came out uh, in the racing forum as far as how they handled the, the Patrons on closing day ran out of food, ran out of drink. Uh, there was no really feeling of, uh, of of joy or or celebration. It was just let's get this over with. So um, the schedule now again moves to Santa Anita. The racing is going to go through mid-April. Uh, pretty much unchanged from past seasons. Uh, the familiar races such as the Santa Anita Handicap seven hundred fifty thousand and the Million Dollar Santa Anita Derby on April fifth will will be. Uh, will be taking place. Uh, they are going to have some significant changes to their betting menu at Santa Anita. Uh, they're eliminating the rolling doubles in favor of three doubles per day. And the takeout on these bets has been reduced from 22% to 18%, uh, which all of us handicappers like very, very much. Now, the real changes will begin in April instead of wrapping up their winter spring meet as it did before when it went to Hollywood Park, it's going to stay at Santa Anita. So basically what they're doing is they're kind of keeping the, the stake schedule that mirrored the stake schedule at, at Hollywood Park. Of course, they're going to have to be a little more careful with the turf course uh, with, with the longer season. So they'll probably stretch that out uh, a little bit. Some uh, news we didn't want to hear is Jackie Jr. Alvarado um, is going to be sidelined for three months. Um, he broke his left ankle, and uh, it was uh, an injury that he had prior to the running of the $100,000 Eastview Stakes at Aqueduct on Sunday. His horse... Uh, flipped in the gate, unseated him. Uh, he's taken by ambulance. So uh, the 27-year-old rider, he was fifth in the standings at Aqueduct. Uh, he's had 188 wins for the year. We wish him nothing but the best. Well, we lost a, uh, a champion, another horse that went over to Japan, and that would be a summer bird died from colic in Japan. Uh, he was a... Uh, you got to might remember that he strung together victories in the Belmont Stakes, the Travers, the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and sad to say, he was only seven years old, being uh, winning the Belmont and being the son of Belmont winner Birdstone. Uh, he had quite quite a, a, a pedigree, uh, as you call. He was trained by uh, Tim Ice, and he was uh, the first horse really since Easy Goer in '89 to sweep what was arguably New York's three biggest races for males: the Belmont, the Travers, and the Jockey Club Gold Cup. He retired of earnings of 2.3 million dollars. Well, we like to give you late breaking news. How about some news about a race that just happened a little while ago? Uh, opening day at Santa Anita and shaking it up springs a 17 to 1 upset in the Malibu Stakes. So, while Bob Baffert got some uh, bad news uh, in the morning, he got good news in the afternoon. Uh, shaking it up is a Bob Baffert trainee. Most people were looking at his other horse in the race, Flashback, as the one to beat, but the uh, uh, Grade 1 Malibu goes. To shaken it up. It was the first start for the three-year-old son of Midnight Luth since he ran fourth in the Grade Three Sunland Derby way back in March. So obviously, Baffert's done a great job at bringing that horse 
up to up to the races. Well, uh, let's take a, a a quick gander now at, at some of the other races that we looked at last week. Sad to say, my friend Billy Johnson, who uh, gave us some good picks up there at Mountaineer, well, they didn't get a uh, chance to come to fruitation because. Old Man Winner came and wiped out the card on which we handicapped. So Billy Johnson, and uh, he's not going to do much more of this uh, this winter uh, wonderland stuff. He is packing his bags. He's going down with Deshaun Parker. He also picked up veteran Eddie Martin, and he is going to be at Sam Houston. So maybe we will talk to him. Uh, back a, a little bit later when he gets settled in down south. It's kind of a new area for those guys, but the talented Deshaun Parker and certainly uh, Eddie Martin, who's well-known down there, I think they'll do just fine. Uh, Gulfstream Park last year, last week rather, uh, River 7 set a track record in the Harlan's Holiday Stakes. Harlan's Holiday, uh, Ohio bread has always been one of my favorites. Uh, he he uh, put the horse back on the main track. Uh, he, he won by four lengths over defending champion Kasaba, I believe the name is. I'm sure announcer Pete Aiello will, will correct me on that when he gets on. But uh, yeah, Kasaba had a perfect perfect trip, but River 7 got the job done paying $27. Wasn't the only track record last week at Turfway Park. Cyber Secret broke a track record in the Prairie Bayou. It came from just off the pace. It was the slight favorite at 2-1. to one. Now, this was the fastest time of the distance since Turfway first began using its synthetic surface called Polytrack eight years ago. Uh, the former record was set in 2006 by Miss Wellspring. Um, so congratulations to owner Charles Sella and trainer Lynn Whiting. Of course, uh, Charlie... Uh, known as the gentleman who uh, runs and owns Oak Lawn Park. Um, we talked last week about uh, Hollywood Park closing and, and, and the, the fact that uh, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer had a chance to pass Charlie Whittingham as the all-time stakes-winning trainer in the autumn meet, and it happened with Swiss Lake Yodeler. Uh, he took the, the, the Soviet problem stakes there. So um, uh, but congratulations to Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, he goes out on top. Uh, at Aqueduct, it was the Gravesend, and uh, trainer Linda Rice uh, was up to something. She she entered a rabbit in the race, a horse by the name of Abra, but Junior Alvarado, who won't be riding for a while, did not uh, fall prey to that. He raided strapping groom just behind, did not get hooked up in a speed duel, and came home of the winner of the Gravesend. So he followed his instructions and didn't get crazy, didn't chase, chase his speed, and I got it done. Um, a lot of a lot of big uh, stakes. I think they called it Santa Saturday down at the fairgrounds. Uh, Daddy Knows Best came from very far back uh, to uh, to catch the De Liberto. Uh, some of the parts took the uh, Bonapaw. Uh, class included scored in the Blushing KD. And Prayer for Relief, or as you recall back when, was considered a favorite for the Derby surpassed the 1.5 million milestone by taking the Tenacious. So all those races took place way down yonder in New Orleans at the fairgrounds, one of my favorite tracks. Well, coming up next, one of my favorite people in the sport of thoroughbred racing, it's uh, the man by the name of Pete Aiello, the mellow fellow, the voice of Southern Florida.
Florida. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back right now with a gentleman that I lovingly referred to as the round mound of sound, the mellow fellow, my favorite caller, Pete Iello. Pete, how you doing? Good evening, John. How are you tonight? Well, I'm okay. I'm okay. I got a little pinched nerve in the lower back, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm applying this medication called Bourbon that I got from Kentucky, and uh, it seems to be easing the pain a little bit, to be honest with you. Little liquid courage on the pain level, huh? Absolutely, I don't like the pills. So, but anyhow, how are you? How are your holidays? Uh, holidays were good. We're just getting gearing up down here at Hylia Park for uh, what is our big weekend on Sunday, and uh, just kind of uh, taking it all in and uh, trying to come up with a successful season. We're we're way up off track uh, thanks to the coverage that provided to us by our friends at TVG, and uh, so things are going good in the month of December for me, anyway. Well, you know, we got a lot of handicappers that, that, that listen to the show, so why don't you tell them exactly what is going to go on Sunday at Hialeah? Uh, well, we're going to have the biggest race to ever be run in the quarter horse era of Hialeah Park. So from 2009 on, it's the uh, $400,000 Hialeah Futurity. 
Um, star-studded cast. We had trials for that two weeks ago. And uh, we're also, the same day, we're going to have the Hialeah Derby, which is over $200,000 in purse money as well. So $600,000 worth of purse money for a quarter horse season in South Florida. Uh, you know, we have the who's who of the business, and uh, we're looking forward to it big time. Well, listen, I don't know if for Christmas if, if any of the gifts you got, uh, but if you got any hats, I don't want you to think that they won't fit anymore. But I will tell you that I go to enough racetracks and simulcast centers, and people know that we go back a ways, and they can't wait to stop me to say, man, have you heard Pete Aiello calling races? He just keeps getting better. I always thought you were good, and you know that. But I'm telling you what, you have, you have really polished your craft, my friend. Well, I know the topic of tonight's discussion is going to be the highlights of 2013, and as I told you a little bit earlier off the off the air, uh, I get to be a little bit selfish with my highlight of 2013 because it would be uh, June 25th when I donned the headset for the first time at Gulfstream Park to be the announcer of their summer season. So, uh, you know, when you consider career highlights, uh, that's certainly on the list. I mean, to... Uh, to get to call grade one horses, I mean, I know that it's the summer season and that, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the big boys were at Del Mar and Saratoga or wherever, but, uh, you know, to have horses like Jackson Ben race while I'm calling the races there with two grade one winners in the same race, it was a really, really cool experience. Well, I, well, like I said, I'm not making this up. As a matter of fact, one of the individuals that, that, that stopped me uh, was a guy you may know uh, or have heard of in the past. His name was Chris McCarron. Yeah, I know you had told me that. It was uh, it was chilling to... It's funny because, you know, as announcers, we, if you talk to any of us, we'd all invariably tell you one thing. It, you go through a phase, if it's not a daily thing, it's a weekly thing. If it's not a weekly thing, it's a monthly thing where you just stop and think, does anybody listen to anything I say? <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, but, but uh, just randomly somebody will say, you know, hey, I heard you gave that horse out the other day, he paid $13, you know, congratulations. And I kind of, I always look at them kind of cross-eyed and go, oh, you heard that, huh? Yeah, we're, we listen to what you say, don't worry. So, well, uh, you know, I must say, before the the, uh, the, the Thoroughbred Times went, went out of business, uh, they, they did that great behind-the-scenes uh, video uh, with you, and I really don't associate the two things together. Don't get me wrong, Pete, that they went out of business shortly after they did that, they did that video on you. Um, <laughs> I, but uh, just recently, one of my favorite publications that I get in the mail every day, uh, the Pollock Report, Ray Pollock has, has been on Winning Ponies before. Uh, he, he did a great kind of up-and-coming feature, young guys, fresh blood in the game and it featured Pete Aiello I'll tell you what you knocked it out of the park your uh, your your broad view of the sport and your ideas of of where it needs to go and what changes need to be made uh were were right on mark my friend well that's another thing you know I mean that was something that I worked with uh, Natalie Voss on who I have known for a long time and uh I kind of almost, I don't want to say I wrote it off, but I didn't really think that there would be the outpouring of support and the outpouring of, of uh, debate, really, and uh, showing of, uh, of opinions and, and everything surrounding that whole thing. It was just completely overwhelming to, to see some of the comments. I mean, it's one thing when, when John Englehart, my friend who I've known for a long time, says it, or uh, you know, people who I associate with, with in the industry say it, but... When you have people posting in, you know, with various uh, handles and, and, and uh, login names that I don't know or have ever met that are saying how much they agree and how much they think I should be the commissioner and things like that, it's, <laughs> if, if that doesn't humble you, I don't know what does. 
Well, it, it was a great comment line, and I knew once people, you know, really uh, took their time to, to read the interview that, that, that they, they'd be chiming in on it, and it was, it was all positive stuff. I can tell it was stuff that you, you'd given a lot of thought to. Now, uh, something you'd get a lot of thought to, I'm down probably after uh, you know, about uh, six minutes. Like I said, they had the top 50 greatest sports moments of, of, of 2013 on ESPN. I, I want to I get Pete Aiello's top five list because that's all I, I have I have time for. So uh, with that in mind, we got about six minutes or so left. Kind of, if you can, give us your top five, or if you've got an, an honorable mention, feel free to mention that, and let's end with your best. All right, well, my honorable mention would be uh, Ramon Dominguez receiving the Mike Venezia Award at Saratoga. Um, I think that that, along with the fact that he didn't get to get his Eclipse Award and they rolled uh, the ceremony uh, into one ceremony, um, I mean, it's certainly a bittersweet highlight, to say the least, with somebody as talented as Ramon was getting his career cut short like that. But uh, the way the folks at Naira did it and the Saratoga crowd receiving Ramon as well as they did, um, you know, it was a bittersweet situation, but it's definitely something that needs to be talked about and, and won't be forgotten in the year 2013. No, and, uh, so and, and the thing is, if you've ever had the chance to uh, to meet him, uh, we've had him on Winning Ponies as a guest. I mean, the word class is spelt in all capitals when it comes to Ramon Dominguez. Well, I know that I have a friend that works in the press department at, at, at Naira, and I, I, so many of those guys... Uh, uh, have such uh, staunch opinions one way or the other of guys, and to hear uh, how well Ramon is thought of and how well he's received by not only just the Naira folks, but uh, the racing public in general, whether it be you know your grizzled, uh, jaded sports writers or whoever they are, um, you know he, he's a fan favorite across the board. So uh, you know it's it's a very sad situation, but it's definitely something that, uh, like you said, with class, if you're going to go out, you got to go out that way. All right, well, listen, let me, let me get the Winning Ponies band queued up here. Drum roll, please. All right, well, my... And now for Pete Aiello's Top 5 Racing Moments of the Year, number five. Number five, if you've not seen it and you have no idea what I'm talking about, it is a YouTube sensation. It would be uh, May at Pimlico, where a horse of no consequence to anybody named Spicer Cub Uh, decided that he was going to implore um, acrobatic tactics and athletic tactics that racehorses have only talked about uh, when he bolted not once, not twice, but three times uh, and still managed to get beat a nose while jockey Xavier Perez uh, did not uh, fall off. If anything, he needed a new pair of pants, but he certainly should be given an award for even hanging on. uh, And the horse made the, uh, the, the gap between the starting gate and the outside rail. He dashed between that uh, and uh, ended up getting beat a nose in the race, the only thing that would have made it even more special if he had actually won. But uh, anybody who has no idea what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and put in uh, Pimlico Crazy Jockey or Pimlico Crazy Race or anything like that, Spicer Cub, and you'll get it. It, it. it went viral on YouTube. All right. Well, let's go move on to number four, Pete. What would that be? Uh, number four, we're going to go on the, uh, speaking of the past, we're going to get a blast from the past and something that I know gave me uh, chills listening to both Larry Comas and Dave Rodman call the race. Uh, veteran jockey and former Seabiscuit star Gary Stevens and a guy who I could literally listen to speak for hours and hours and hours, D. Wayne Lucas, um, travel back in time to the era where they dominated the sport 
and they won the 2013 Preakness with Oxbow. Yes, I, I was there when, when they uh, teamed up to win with a nice little horse by the name of Winning Colors on the first Saturday of May, many a day ago. And uh, yeah. moving forward now, um, number three, what comes to mind? Well, number three has got to be your number one. Not knowing this, but it's got to be close. Uh, the written-off star of the Philly and Mare Sprint Division, Groupie Doll, who uh, suffered defeats in races that she should have won, uh, both uh, at Ellis Park, her home track. And uh, there were a lot of people who jumped off the Groupie Doll bandwagon. I will give you credit, you were not one of them. How did you know uh, that? She- <laughs> well, anybody who is an avid John Englehart Facebook Facebook follower as I am uh, only need read the posts and the pictures of Groupie Doll to know how much appreciation you have for this filly. Uh, I forgot about her that. getting the victory uh, for the second year in the Philly and Mare Breeders' Cup Sprint when everybody said that uh, she had been written off. Well, it was such a great story, especially when you consider the Bradley family, okay? Uh, these aren't the sheiks. Uh, these aren't, the, you, you know, America's elite that have millions of dollars. These were homegrown horses. Uh, you know, when I say they, brass hat, everybody thought that was going to be the, the Bradley story uh, of their life. And then along comes Groupie Doll. Uh, it was just a, a heartwarming story. And, and to have the horse leave his barn, but only for... 30 minutes while I went through a sales ring, and then all of a sudden have the horse come back to, to, so he could continue training it. It was a super story. Okay, we're, do, we're, down to, we're down to the top two, and my producer's starting to flash the red light at me. So I don't want to rush your top two picks, but give them to me at a good pace. Well, the number two pick's got to be Wise Dan. I mean, he's one of those horses that probably doesn't get the press that he deserves, but he's definitely talented. And even though he destroyed my chances of a good payday in my fantasy horse racing league when he won the Breeders' Cup Mile, it still was a great thing. Yeah, a great story today in the form, too, that he's just kicked out. Chuck Lepresti, they're not hothouse roses. He says they're horses. I'm going to treat him like a horse. You know, there's a lot of people are, how come he's not down in Florida where the weather's warm and he's training? He's like, no, he's a horse, successful Dan's a horse. I kick him out in the same paddock. I'll bring him back when Mother Nature tells me they're ready to come back. And obviously, he's done an outstanding job, uh, got horse of the year. And I think uh, he may be darn close to getting it again. I think so as also. Now All right, well, here we go. Wait. Horse of the year. Let, me, let me get the drum roll going for Pete Aiello's number one moment in racing of the year. Number one moment. It's got to be the one and only Mucho Macho Man uh, with the Fountain of Youth jockey Harry uh, Gary Stevens uh, prevailing in a very tight photo. I actually uh, was quite proud of myself as the uh, announcer. I was watching with a group of people at Gulfstream, and I called the race and uh, called Mucho Macho Man winning, uh, only to find out later that La- Larry Comas also called him as winning the race. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as Larry has said to me many times, uh, <laughs> one of the greatest feelings in the world to call it right, but boy, would, have, would the world have come to an end if he was wrong. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, anytime you've got a, uh, a $5 million race, there's probably a few people listening to you. And well, what an exciting race it was. Um, and, and, you know, I, 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 I cannot argue with you on, on any of your points. And, of course, I'm a huge uh, Groupie Doll fan. Uh, probably one I might have put in there. Uh, actually, there's 
it's probably about ten I put in there because I love racing so much. Uh, but the the, the the just the the fantastic uh, efforts of three year old will take charge, who I think you know just took him a while to get his act together. And when he when he rolls together the the Traverse Stakes, the, the Pennsylvania Derby, and put in that great effort in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, uh, I'm so glad he's coming back next year. It's uh, we we need horses like this to to help you and me promote racing. I agree completely. He's a gritty horse too, and I, I appreciate his his campaign. Yeah, like you said, I mean, he danced every dance, and um, you know, just kind of the light went on for him. And I'm look, I think you, I'm looking forward to see his four year old debut. Well, Pete, I'll tell you what, st- stay on the line because there's a gentleman you're going to want to hear in the upcoming segment. I think you recall him very well. His name is Ed Meyer. So. Pete Aiello, I thank you very much for joining us. Uh, great uh, introspective view of, of, of looking at the year of racing in the, in the rearview mirror. And uh, ha- have a great Happy New Year, Pete. You too, and the same to all the listeners out there. I wish you all very, uh, very good luck, and uh, may all your photo finishes be winning ones. All right. Have a super Sunday down at Hialeah. I hope our fans will tune in. That was Pete Aiello. When we come back, a man I most admire, yes. Admire on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again, with me now is is a gentleman that's been uh, uh, the number one guest on Winning Ponies throughout the year of 2013. Odds are he will be in 2014 because talking to Ed's like putting on a pair of comfortable old shoes, and it's easy to walk with them. The one, the only, Ed Meyer. Steady Eddie, how you doing? Good evening, John. How are you? 
I'm fine. I'm fine. Had, had, had a great Christmas. Uh, as you know, my, my close friend Pat Flanagan passed on. There's going to be an Irish wake of epic proportions tomorrow at uh, Flanagan's Pub. Uh, I know you've met Pat, and uh, he is actually going to be open casket in his pub, and the drinks are on him. So uh, <laughs> be careful if you're driving anywhere near 1300 Stewart Street in Dayton, Ohio tomorrow because it's from 1 till 9. How's that for an Irish wake? That, I don't know if it's going to be long enough, John, from what little I know and what a wonderful facility Flanagan's was. And first off, I'm, I'm truly sorry to, to his family and you for the loss of a wonderful person. But it sounds appropriate. An Irish wake, eight hours long. I'm going to say this probably got a question mark at the end of it. It could go a little longer, I'm sure. <laughs> well, since my son's the bartender, I know I can hang around a little while. <laughs> you're, you're in. You're in. <laughs> Okay, listen, I just want to kind of give you give you a setup here, give our listeners a setup. What we're going to do is we're going to do very similar to what we did with Pete. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit of horse racing, then we're going to do a top 5, but then Ed being the uh the handicapper expert that he is, we're we're going to break down a couple races from Florida. Uh we're going to do the uh, WL McKnight handicap uh from Calder, then we're going to go over to Gulfstream across the street through the Mr. Prospector, then we're going way out west and doing a uh a great matchup out there. In in the grade three Daytona. So I'm just kind of setting the table for our listeners there. Ed, uh, before you get to your top five, just looking in that rear view mirror, what's the impression that 2013 left with you? Uh, I, I believe that 2013 left me wanting more. I believe we're heading in the right direction. For so many naysayers that said racing, uh, racing is dead, I, I think they may have prematurely called it. I think in, in we're not leaps and bounds, but we're making strides in the right direction. We're not there yet. It's a long road, and we've got plenty of time, hopefully, as, as the good Lord willing. But I'll tell you what, John, it, it left me wanting a little more, to be very honest with you. But overall, please, as a horse racing fan through and through. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing signs. You know, obviously, New York is very, very healthy with the uh, the o- opening of their racino there. They're knocking them dead. And you've seen, I, I saw Maiden Special Weight for 65000 this afternoon go, go to post. And uh, also, what I think was a, a slight sign of health for the future is the uh, the sales, uh, both at uh, Keeneland and Phasic Tipton. Uh, we were seeing the market not only at the top end, but in the middle part of the market uh, be healthy. So that's good for farms. That's good for breeders. Hopefully that's good for owners. And uh, it, it'll transcend, I hope, to, to talent on the racetrack. I surely hope so. The game reads needs a rejuvenation shot of uh, vitamin B12, uh, per se. Just a little shot in the arm just to kind of kick us over the top. Boy, would a triple crown winner ever go good. But, I mean, we say this every year, but I think right about now, if we could order one up and if, if there's a special prayer that we could actually throw out there, boy, would that toss it over the top. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll 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 send a prayer up to uh, uh, another gentleman that we, that we lost this uh, year. A guy I know you know, and that was a uh, Father Frank Niehaus that ran Backstretch Works of Mercy in Southern Ohio and and Northern Kentucky. If anybody can get it done, it's probably Father Frank. I concur a hundred percent. If Father Frank could either make it happen or make it happen, there was no Plan B. 
By the way, a gentleman that you mentioned in one of your columns, I, I saw him today, and in, in Father Frank's honor, he pulled it off this week uh, at, at, on Christmas Day uh, at Turfway Park, uh, was able to get about $10,000 worth of hats, gloves, winter clothing, long johns, children's toys, and more food than Godzilla could eat. And in Father Frank's memory, put together the, the, the Christmas party. And I know that, that you've written stories on this guy, uh, the Russian. The Russian has the kindest heart. It, uh, upon first meeting, in a nutshell, he'd come across gruff and that, the voice of the Russian man. <laughs> you can hear him coming. His heart you know, and his yards away. He, he was father's right hand man. John, father would be smiling down. He'd be so happy. Russian, thank you. I, I, I'll tell you what. You kept something great going, and, and and especially in the Kentucky, Ohio area, especially for the horsemen. Thank you. I, I, I know the people really appreciate it, John. Yeah, and uh, oh, he was uh, he was just he, he's already got two thousand dollars for next year. I mean, he's guy's <laughs> loving. I love it. Yeah, just just fantastic. All right, well, speaking of fantastic and a guy that loves things, you are fantastic at loving horse racing. I know that you've been on many sides of the sport, uh, not only as a racing executive, but also as a horse owner, a horse lover, a great handicapper. Steady Eddie, I'm putting your feet to the fire here as I did with my friend Pete. Drum roll, please. Give me your top five sports moments like ESPN in racing for 2013. You know, John, they're coming right away, but I have to say really quick, Pete mentioned the equine athletes. I want to mention some of the riders at other events, and actually maybe they'll dovetail, but Pete was right about uh, about the, the, un- the unluckiest horse racing loser was Xavier Perez. Hilarious. Please watch it. He was completely right. And especially those that enjoy hearing a good call of race, this guy is going to be one we're going to be. Pete Aiello is going to be a voice that we're going to be hearing for years to come. He, he's doing a tremendous job. He gets one of the best calls out there. But aside from that, John, I'm going to kick off with number five, if I may. You and may. That's going to be the, the closing of Hollywood Park after 75 years. I never thought this would happen. I always thought there would be some sort of plan B, plan C, or D. Uh, when the Bugler played a medley of Auld Lang Syne, hooray for Hollywood, and at last by Etta James, uh, track announcer Vic Stauffer, that's, that's a wrap. Uh, I'm getting a lump in my throat hearing about it, John. The closest I came to Hollywood was flying over into LAX, and I saw it, and I'm not going to get a chance to see it. I, I'm, I'm an avid fan. I would have loved to have been there, and it hurts to see one of the big dominoes fall. Absolutely, and and you know, as you say, you're flying over it. Uh, somebody at one point in time, this was a great joke. They went up to the roof of of, of Hollywood Park, and they designed. I don't know if they did it with bushes or what they did, but they said, "Welcome to San Diego." <laughs> <laughs> so people looking out, people looking because the planes did. They landed right over Hollywood Park. They're looking out there going, oh, my God, I got on the wrong flight. What do you mean, welcome to San Diego? <laughs> I thought were that was one of the greatest racing up. spoofs of all time. <laughs> were they the same people that painted uh, chefs, chefs instead of chiefs into the end zone? 
<laughs> I mean, that, that, that's perfect. I, I mean, no, I think yeah, they're I the same the guys that went around River Downs one year and they put new signs up, and in every shed row it said, no snoking. <laughs> well, you know what? At least we didn't snoke. No, I swear, I never snoked on the backstretch of River Downs, thanks to some maintenance guy that didn't know an N from an M. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? At least you didn't get in trouble for it, and uh, you wouldn't have had to pay the fine. Oh, all right. Yeah, you got me in tears already, Steady Eddie. Okay, let's, let's move down to number four, I believe. Number four would have been the 138th Preakness Stakes. I believe Pete made mention of it. 78-year-old D. Wayne Lucas and 50-year-old Gary Stevens. I'm going to call it the Golden Boy Race. They they actually teamed up, and Pete was right. They they commanded the game, and this was the coach, D. Wayne Lucas, first uh, big uh, Triple Crown win since 99 with Charismatic. Stevens uh, won the Distaff in the Classic this year. Comes out of retirement for seven years, John. This is what they make movies of. The 138th Preakness was my number four this year. Yeah, I mean, you can't write this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. They have two excellent veterans who teamed up to win a Kentucky Derby 20-some-odd years ago. To, to get together to win the second jewel of the Triple Crown is just unbelievable. Um, and, and to think, now, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't D. Wayne like 78 now? Yes, yes, sir, he is, 78. Yeah. And, and, and he gets up on a horse every day and goes out there and absolutely loves it. And we'll, and, and we'll, we'll go down the rail there. He'll stop. He'll say, he doesn't care who we are. He'll stop. He'll say, hi, how you doing? What's going on? He'll tell you who's out there, who he's watching. I mean, and he's great. Another thing he did, uh, you know, for many years I was uh, helping out as photographer at Keeneland, is he would, when he'd win a race, he would uh, find, like, a young fan and bring them into the winner's circle and get their name and address and send them a winning photo. I mean, you talk about ambassadors of the sport. I mean, this is a guy that could blow people off left and right, and still he gets it. I agree completely. I, th- I think that's the coach in D. Wayne Lucas. He knows what investing in the future is all about. And is 78 years young, I- I- I'll keep him around in my heart. I believe Pete said he could listen to him for hours. I could as well. And Gary Stevens, you- you- he's harder than a coffin nail, John. 50 years <laughs> old, and his knees were shot. Seven years on the bench. If you took us out of anything for seven years, we wouldn't even know where our way to the car. This guy is, is gunning them down like he was 20 years old. Yeah, and Gary has just been a fantastic ambassador. Uh, I, I know you remember the Turf Publicist America, as am I, and uh, he won the Big Sport of Turfdom Award this year because Gary was so willing uh, to be open to the media, and I was blessed enough that the week of his return, we actually had him on here on Winning Ponies. You know, he, he could, could have said, John who? And instead he's like, absolutely, what time you want me to call in? And that's, that's just just the kind of guy he is, and between him and, uh, and, and D. Wayne, just great, great am- ambassadors of the sport. Um, Ed, you're, you're way too good. We're going to pass We're going to pass on our break here. Uh, I, I want to move on, since I don't know any of your picks, uh, move on to number three. 
it's going to be Rosie Napravnik. She's 25 years old, John, and became the first female rider to compete in all three Triple Crown races. Now, I know she probably would get a little uh, ire, uh, her, her Irish up on me for even saying female rider, but she actually broke through whatever barrier there ever was. We've come a long way since Diane Crump in 1970 in the Derby, but she was the first female rider to complete in all three. She's the first woman to win the Kentucky Oaks on uh, Believe You Can. Uh, there, there were some inspirational subplots also in that. Kevin Krieger was aiming to become the first Ameri- African-American rider since 1902 to win. Gary Stephen comes out of retirement in Rocky Balboa style. And little girl Rosie, you see her, she's got the kindest, sweetest face, and she punishes the boys. She's fourth and wins, John, and she's eighth on the money list this year. This girl is as tough as they come, and she gets big kudos on this year. Yeah, she really does, and you know, uh, she she's not overdoing it because I believe uh, last weekend that, uh, as you know, you you mentioned the 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 Oaks winner. Well, um, she won the uh, the girls race, the two year old girls race uh, down the Ledier, I believe it's called, uh, on Divine Beauty, who just happens uh, to be owned and bred by Governor Burton Jones and is trained by Larry Jones. I mean, it's kind of like, what, are you kidding me? Is this the Kentucky Oaks all over again? So, uh, you know, the horse ran six furlongs at 110 and change with Rosie up. She might be right back in the Kentucky Oaks picture again. Agreed. Anything can happen when Rosie's aboard. She teaches the boys a lesson down in Cajun land. All right. Well, let's move along. What number are we on, Ed? I'm losing track. Is this three or two? Number two, and it goes out to the 20-year-old Joel Rosario. John, these are the greatest five weeks I've ever witnessed. On March 30th, he wins the Dubai World Cup aboard Animal Kingdom, ships into Keeneland, Breaks the Keeneland spring meet record with 30, uh, I believe it was a 32-win record that was set by Randy Romero in 1990. He ends up with 37 wins, most of which Ken and Sarah Ramsey and Mike Maker. Joel Rosario had the most fantastic five weeks that I've ever seen a jockey ever put together. Absolutely. Talk about being in a zone. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the big one. Drum roll, please. Ed Myers, topic of the year for Racing Moment 2013 is this guy has been a favorite of mine for a long time. I'm a little, I'm a lot biased because this guy is as good as they come. Javier Castellano, 36 years old from Venezuela, came up in 1996, breaks the single season record of earnings set by Ramon Dominguez, which is about 25 million 600,000 and change. Castellano, still tacking on more dough as we speak, is around $26 million and change. And that was of uh, the 23rd of, uh, of December, John. He won uh, Rhea Antonio in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies after a DQ. Uh, he's got a promising two-year runner honor code on his way for the first Saturday in May. Hopefully, oh, yeah. I love Javier Castellano. What a heck of a year he's put together. And to eclipse Ramon Dominguez in any part of that sentence, is uh, that is doing a yeoman's task and and to mention ramon javier another very very class act has a kind word for everyone doesn't blow anybody off for autographs hard rider hard worker good man speaking of a good man a good man with a handicapping pen is the guy i'm talking to ed meyer 
Ed, you ready We're to gonna start. enter into the handicapping portion of the program? Because I know a lot of people remember you for a guy that gave them out winners for many years on winning ponies. Are you up to the challenge? Uh, hopefully I am, my friend. Okay. Let me start you out with, with kind of a, a different kind of race, uh, a distance we don't normally see, and that would be a mile and a half, uh, the W.L. McKnight Handicap, grade two, 125,000. We're at Calder, and what's very interesting about this race is you have the one, two, three finishers of this unique distance race on the turf back in the starting gate. It is a very good race, and, it, and I'm only going to lean towards one runner, and that's Twilight Eclipse. Three to one, Jose Lescano. Anytime he's aboard any turf runner, you have to really pay heed. He's riding for Tom Albertrani, John. Been on for 56 days, one for one at Calder, exiting the Breeders' Cup turf, been uh, vacationing at Paul Meadows, readying up for this. Anytime Lescano is aboard on the sod, you have to respect him. He's winning 19%. I absolutely respect the man. I'm going to have him in my ticket. If I get anywhere near 3-1, to one, I'm going to bet early and often, John. Twilight Eclipse. Oh, Ed, you know, we handicapped together way too much <laughs> for too many years uh, because I've, I've got my check by Twilight Eclipse. What I like about him is as evenly matched as these horses are, if you look at the competition he's been running against, okay, only uh, has won one race this year. He's still amassed 370000 because he's hitting the board against horses like Boisterous, a big blue kitten. He ran fifth, little Mike. Uh, of course, you and I, big fans of the Fugue. I know you and I both left some money at the track last oh, year. Oh, yes. The Breeders' oh, Cup. Oh, yes. <laughs> because of the Fugue. Oh, but nonetheless, all of those names are known as some of the top, top turf horses. So I see him very evenly matched against the field in here. But I, I think that, that he's got the edge in class. And, uh, you know, as much as I admire you and I like to copy you, Twilight Eclipse, uh, it, is my pick. If the, if there's a fly in the ointment, it would have to be uh, Veritaformer, uh, the Christopher Clement horse that's only run once this year. But as you know, Clement is the kind of guy that can come up with a big horse at the right time. Uh, but this horse has not been out since January. So and your buddy Joel Rosario's on his back. You never know. That that's true. And and around that your your trifecta, the Eleven Slumber exits the Canadian International. Got beat by Joshua Tree. And Slumber was the favorite. Joshua Tree was a monster that day and up at Woodbine on October 27th. So box him up there, John. If you're going to bet him, what do you got to do? Box him. You got to box him. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's just, uh, well, let's just take a cab ride. Probably won't cost us five bucks to go from Calder to Gulfstream. And down there, it's the Mr. Prospector. It's a grade three. Uh, they're going six furlongs. Uh, there's a speed ball I like in there by the name of Star Harbor. I don't know if he's going to play catch me if you can, but uh, who can? There's a lot of speed in there, and it comes back to the five traveling man. Javier Castellano aboard for Pletcher, and these guys are only winning 30%, John. He's second off of the layoff. One of my favorite moves, once again, vacationing down at Palm Meadows, getting ready for this. Fast closing effort in the Teddy Drone back at Monmouth back in July. That'll show you when Castellano was aboard, if you have the chance to take a peek at that. Traveling man's going to pick up the pieces when the pace falls apart. 
Should be very, very interesting. Other horses in there that that have bested uh, Traveling Man, uh, uh, Apriety, and Fort Loudon. This is going to be a very, very good race. I think it's a rider's race. It's speed versus the closers. Well, I'm looking at about uh, two minutes to post here. So let's go all the way out to the turf at Santa Anita. Six and a half furlongs in the Daytona, and this has drawn several horses that have come out of the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. A very interesting matchup. Uh, the two that seem to rise to the top, in my opinion, Ed, are Chips All In and Unbridled's Note. I'm going to go with the latter part of your exacta. Love unbridled note. Uh, on the downhill course, going six and a half, if you like it, usually repeat and come back and love it. And this actually is a nice uh, runner by Unbridled Song John, four for five in the money at Santa Anita. And if you take a look at the distance, four for five there as well. Big runner in the Eddie D, then the Turf Club Sprint. And if you go back to 2012, you'll see the same You'll see the same exact path. Exiting out of uh, Hollywood Park, uh, got himself a, a nice little trip. There is a beaten favorite. Asmussen, one incredible uh, trainer. Uh, you, you can't slide him in one sh- way, shape, or form. Corey Nakatani, I think, is going to have a very nice year uh, aboard. Uh, whoever he, He's been looking better and better in the saddle. I'm going with Umbridles, no, John, and he is going to come rolling. Well, you know, one one footnote that Corey Nakatani will always have is that he won the the last race at at, at Hollywood Park. But it, you know, it's great when you look at the past performance of this races. You can see where both Chips All In and Unbridled's Note have traded races on more than one occasion. This is going to be a very very fun race to watch. I do believe. Again, it's the Daytona Grade Three. It's going to be at Santa Anita on Saturday, uh, six and a half. Longs on the turf. Well, my producer is saying I've got one minute left. So with that one minute, I want to thank you, Ed Meyer, for for joining me, and I want to wish you and your son Gus the best of all coming up in 2014. And same to you, John, and all of the listeners out there. Keep tuning in because John's bringing the heat. He's bringing the best in the business. It's always a lot of fun. And, and Pete, as I said, is one of the best callers in the game. Trust you me, in 10 years, we'll still be talking about just where is he going. But, John, we're not here for a long time, so we might as well have a good time. That's my And man. with that, so much, to all of our listeners, for my friends Pete Aiello and Ed Meyer, we wish you a Happy New Year! Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.